and all the time. Amen. I be, need to cut that down a little bit. We're getting a little echo. We want to welcome those that are watching by means of the internet tonight. Praise God. And I'll make this announcement one more time for those who may be watching. There will not be a Wednesday night service next Wednesday night. Uh, next week is the AWCF conference in Louisville, Kentucky. And we are planning on being there. And some others here from the church plan on uh, uh going to that, so we will not be having service next Wednesday night. We're going to get started tonight in our teaching lesson. I want to say this. I um, appreciate uh, Sister Presley and the work she's doing. Uh, and uh, this... <laughs> and, uh, we, we appreciate that so much. And and by the way, if I'm not mistaken, don't you got a birthday this coming Friday? Yeah, we're going to remind you of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. We are studying the parables of Jesus. Uh, and um, uh, what we've been trying to cover, some things that um, uh, we haven't talked about uh, before and tonight what we're going to be focusing on is this right here and this I guess if, if I had a title of the night's Bible study this would be at God's love for the lost uh, it's very important for the church to understand how precious lost people are to God. And uh, they're so precious to God that he died for them. He gave his life. Uh, and um, in turn, we need to be just concerned, amen, for those that, um, uh, that are lost. Uh, the last time, we studied, we had three parables uh, together, and we're going to be in the 15th chapter of Luke's gospel, and uh, there's three more parables that are linked and tied together. Um, we're going to begin, first of all, by the parable of the lost sheep. Um, is the first parable, the parable of the lost sheep. And the parable of the lost sheep is a member of a trilogy, which includes also the parable of the lost coin, and then finally the prodigal son. And all three of these, like the last three parables, uh, are linked, and they have a connection. And... Uh, 
it has to do with the lost. Um, and so all three concern the same message on redemption. Uh, and to better understand, uh, well, just let me, let me go ahead and I'm going to start reading, first of all, in uh, the book of Luke. Uh, and the first chap, uh, first uh, first verse of, of chapter fifteen, um, and this is what it uh, what it reads like. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, "This man receiveth sinners, and eateth." With them, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, "What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders." rejoicing and when he cometh home he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying unto them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. This gives us a good feeling of what the Lord thinks about going after those that are lost. He said there's more rejoicing in heaven. Now, sometimes church folks, and especially Pentecostal people, get together Hey, and we can shout over about anything. Sometimes I wonder the way some people get popping up and running if we ain't got one of the Mississippi squirrels turned loose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not I'm not putting that down. I enjoy worshiping God myself. Amen. And that's that's a part of it. But we should always remember that it makes heaven more happy if we have one sinner come to the altar and repent. Amen. Then a whole house full of saints shouting and jumping around. Amen. And that's what the Bible says. Um, now, to better understand the reasoning of these parables... We need to understand the setting in which they took place. What brought about this? What what made what what was it that made made Jesus speak up right here uh, and uh, and um, and begin to speak on these parables right here? Let's go back uh, and look at the beginning. It says at the beginning of it, then drew near unto him. 
all the publicans, now that don't, that's not Republicans, don't get that mixed up. Uh, publicans, publicans right here means tax collectors. Um, in the time of Jesus, publicans um, was the ones that collected the tax. They were Jews, but they worked for the Romans. And they collected taxes uh, from the people for the Romans. And this is what made them so hated and despised. Uh, and I did a lot of study on this. And the tax collector, let me ask you a question. Which, which one of the 12 disciples was a tax collector? Matthew. Matter of fact, he was sitting at the table collecting taxes when he was called. Amen? And, um, but now, I, I found out something interesting. These, these tax collectors, they actually had a contract signed with the Romans, which was the Romans was the one occupying uh, the city and in control, and there was a contract drawn up, and the Romans would be in contract and tell the tax collectors, now, we want this, this, um, this amount of money, and whatever you can get above and beyond that is yours to keep, long as we get our portion. And your payment, your part, is ever how much more that you can get. And so needless to say, I mean, some of them went hog wild. And the people, they despised them with a passion. Um, so then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with uh, them. So we see that first off that it was the outcast of society, uh, the tax collectors, the sinners. These people had gathered around Jesus to hear him speak, and Christ welcomed them and even was eaten with them. <clears throat> now, this was completely taboo in those days. The religious elite, they divided men into two classes. The Pharisees and the scribes, they divided all men into two classes, the unclean and the righteous, and they would have nothing to do with the unclean. In fact, the scribes and Pharisees were so serious about not associating with the ungodly, they even refused to teach them the Word of God, much less socialize with them by sitting down and eating a meal with them. But here come Jesus, and they flocked around him, and Jesus welcomed them, and he ate with them. That was something 
that the self-righteous Pharisees would never be caught doing. You know, now, you know, I'm I'm the kind of guy myself, no, no matter who they are, what what color they are, nationality, I always say, call me anything you want to call me, just call me to eat when supper's ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, and uh, But the Pharisees, they, had, they would have no part in this. The religious elite, when they witnessed Jesus socializing with those whom they perceived as unclean and unworthy, they began to murmur among themselves. And if you if you dig that up, they begin they begin to whisper and to talk underneath their breath, you know, about what Jesus was doing, uh, and they just complained about it and they murmured and uh, all kind of whispering and stuff going on, and they begin to find fault with Jesus for what he was doing. The Lord, knowing the hearts of all men began to teach by parables then. When the Lord perceived what was going on, this is what he began to say. And he, he, he gave the first parable, uh, which is the parable of the lost sheep. And I kind of, I want to put it in these words right here. Jesus talked to him. He said, <clears throat> you religious folks <clears throat> who own sheep, how many of you who have a flock of a hundred and realize one is missing will not leave the fold and spend time, energy, and effort in searching for the one whom had gotten lost? He said, how many of you would not do that? <clears throat> and how much more is the soul of a man important than that of a sheep. Hallelujah. And uh, so Jesus was just, he was hitting them good right here. Uh, he gave them that parable. Then he went right into the parable of the lost coin. And let's, let's, um, let's read about that. Uh, this begins in verse 8. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me. For I have found the peace which I had lost. And this lady would light a candle. She would sweep and go through the whole house. And uh, some theologians uh, make a statement about this. Is the one piece of money, which was a drachma, called a drachma, was considered a day's wages. But as some theologians say, uh, it, back in those days, it wasn't the ladies or the females who went out and earned money. It was the male. So many believe 
the reason why this was so important to her that this possibly could represent her dowry. Of which, there again, you got to understand the day and the time which that was going on. If she, if she lost any of her dowry, she lost hopes of, of a future marriage and having children. So this was very important. Uh, uh, a woman had to have that dowry. Now, uh, I wanted to um, uh, put that in there because, like I said, many believe that was the situation. But that one, that one piece was so important it made her stop everything she was doing to um, uh, to search uh, and try to find out. Then the Lord went from that one to the parable of the prodigal son. And um, the prodigal son, and, and really you could make all three of them have to do with a backslider, but especially the prodigal son has more to do with the backslider. At one time, he was in the father's house, but he walked away. And by the way, this is something he willingly done, Brother Douglas. He made a conscious choice, and we're going to read it here in, in a minute. Uh, the name prodigal means to be wasteful, extravagant, a spendthrift. Uh, excessive, uh, irresponsible, self-indulgent, reckless, and wanton. You get all of them words out of uh, the word prodigal. Uh, let's read this story. Everybody I know uh, basically knows it, but let's go back over uh, And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. First of all, how, <laughs> stop and think about this. How rude was this? Uh, Daddy, I, I, you know, I just, I, I can't wait for you to die. Go ahead and give me my inheritance now. Hallelujah. When I retire, I'm going to get me one of them. I'm going to buy me a camper. I'm going to get one of them license plates, put it on there, spending my kid's inheritance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um. But stop and think. He said, the younger said to the father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them uh, his, his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted, there comes in that word prodigal there, his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Notice, the famine didn't hit 
until he was busted. Amen. It, it, it pays to prepare for a rainy day, don't it? And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent unto him in his fields to feed swine. There's not a more disgraceful job that a Jewish boy could do than that. Amen. I mean, their Old Testament law, I mean, that, that was considered unclean. Uh, you know, I mean, that, and to go out and to feed swine, Jesus is letting them know that this boy is getting down to the lowest of the low, going against everything he was and everything he was brought up to be. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. I'm going to tell you what, the world does not care about you. Hallelujah. They might try to make you think they do, but they don't care about you. They would use you for what they can get out of you, but when what you got's gone, they're going to move on to somebody else. And when he came to himself, notice that phrase, when he came to himself. He was in the hog pen, the lowest of the low. And he came to himself and said, how many hard servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Why in the world am I in this place? Amen. He said, I will arise, and I will go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hard servants. And he arose and came to his father. But And this right here is what I love so much. When he arose, he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell down on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am not worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring, bring out here the best robe. Put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Now, what I love about this, remember, he hadn't got home yet. He was, he was still a ways off. Dad saw him coming. And he ran to me. Come here for a minute, Brother Douglas. He ran up there and he met him. And he told the servants, bring forth the best robe. He put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger, which was a signet ring, 
this what they used back in those days, amen, to link them to his dad. Everything that his dad had was his. But he put that robe on him, and he said, let's go back to the house. When the prodigal son got back home to the property, to the house, he already had the robe on. Everybody else at the house didn't see the mud from the swine pit. Dad done covered that up. Thank you. Hallelujah. It don't make no difference what we get on us from the world. Jesus puts a robe of righteousness on us, and he covers us. And we are not worthy. We don't deserve to be called children of God. But Sister Presley, I think about a scripture in the Bible where John said, it's in John's writing. He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. God loves souls. He loves people. Praise the name of Jesus. And that is the picture he was letting those religious people know. He said, you know, those that are are whole don't need a physician. He said, I didn't come here to call the righteous, but the sinner to repentance. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm a firm believer that just the way Jesus reached out to the world, we need to do the same thing, amen, ourselves. And he said, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be, be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I want to wind up tonight by telling you this, that it's not how many times that you stumble and fall on your journey to heaven, but it's the amount of times that you get up again. As long as you're willing to get back up, Jesus is willing to say, I forgive. 